Matthew chapter 23 and verse 27 and 28 is where we're going to be. And uh, I want to just give you a few quick things on, on uh, something that normally when I speak, uh, it has something to do with maybe something that I've been through or something that I'm going through and uh, different things. So it's a little easier to, to speak on something uh, when you're dealing with it. It's a little easier to, uh, to talk about something and find scripture that uh, has helped you go through something. Um, when I've, when I've dealt with it. And so, um, tonight I want to, I want to talk to you about, um, being a mask wearer or, uh, being a hypocrite, uh, a little bit through this. And so I just want to give you some scripture that has helped me, um, through some different stages of, of my teenage life growing up and some different things that, that I try to implement now, um, in different areas of life. But I want to give you a few things just that I hope not to uh, you know, anything but encourage you tonight. That's what I want to do. And so let's read here in Matthew chapter 23, verse 27 and 28. Uh, it says this, says it together. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are like unto whited sepulchers, uh, which indeed appear beautiful outward, but are within full of dead man's bones and of all uncleanliness. Even so ye also outwardly appear righteous unto men, but within ye are full of hypocrisy and iniquity. Uh, jump down to verse 29 and 30. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, because ye build the tombs of the prophets and garnish the sepulchres of the righteous. And say, if we had been in the days of our fathers, we would not have been partakers with them in the blood of prophets. And so I want to give you a few quick things here tonight uh, about this. The other day, um, I was watching the news and like a little article came up. You might have seen this as well. And it came up and it was about this guy. I think he was in Florida. And he had started his own fake uh, practice being a doctor. This guy was like 18. Y'all see that? Y'all gonna see that? And uh, this guy was like, I think he was a teenager, 18, 19, 20 years old. And uh, this comes, I can't remember what it was on, but I, I remember coming home and, and just seeing it be on the TV and kind of interests me. Like uh, this guy had his own building. Uh, he had his own practice. Uh, he was doing like everything. People scheduling appointments, doing all these different things. And this guy was the fakest of fake. He was a complete phony. Uh, he's getting arrested, got all of charges going against him um, because he was going to and trying to be something that he wasn't. Uh, he was portraying a doctor, somebody who uh, knew all these things, somebody who knew this practice, and yet he was a total phony. He was a total fake. And I was sitting there thinking to myself, man, how in the world do you get to, to do something like that? I mean, being a fake doctor, that, that has to take like some kind of, of something, some kind of imagination. I don't know how you do that. Um, and this guy had like the fake things on the wall and he had his own website and it was all just total baloney. It had, had it was no, no truth whatsoever. And it kind of, kind of caught me and I was beginning thinking about it and different things to go along with this. And uh, we, we oftentimes look at people like that and think, man, what a, what a fraud. Uh, what a what a liar! Uh, what, what how in the world could you how in the world could you do that to somebody? And I was talking to the teens this morning a little bit about this, and was thinking, you know, how how upset would you be if you went to the doctor and you had a serious illness in your body, something that was serious that was going on, and this whole time you've been going to a fake, a fake, a phony? I would be livid. Uh, how many of you would be upset at that? You raise your hand. Everybody would be. Uh, that that's just something not to mess around with. And here this guy is, is portraying uh, something that, that he is not. And I began looking at this and looking at some different scripture and 
different things. And um, uh, we've been in the process of uh, trying to get Kayla a, a new SUV to uh, drive around. We just got rid of our Honda Civic and sold it. Uh, we're having a baby here at the end of July. And so she wanted a little bit of a bigger car. And so we were going through and trying to find that and get everything settled. And going and buying cars is another thing uh, where you deal sometimes with some, some fake and some phonies uh, and that. They try to tell you that everything's great and this car's got no problems. And as soon as you drive it off the lot, you know, transmission blows and the motor blows and, and whatever. And that's something, again, that you can't stand when people are, are fake with you. People that aren't telling you the truth. They're making it seem like it's something that it's not. And we go through and we look at what the scripture is saying and what many people already uh, think about uh, church people, about Christians, about people who are in, involved in churches, that uh, one of the biggest excuses why people won't go to churches is because churches are full of hypocrites. Uh, people don't like going to church because they're, they're full of hypocrites. And, and I began looking at the scripture and, and studying it out a little bit more and reading here that Jesus is, is talking, to the, talking to the Pharisees and the different ones here. And it, it goes through and, and he, is, he is explaining to them uh, what they're doing is not right. And it's difficult for people to believe in what we have when we live a life that is separate uh, to what the Bible says. Uh, it's very hard for us to convince people uh, that we love the Lord, that we have a relationship with the Lord, that we do these things when our life shows something that is completely different. Uh, you might have heard this before, but there's two main reasons uh, why a lot of people won't, won't accept the Lord Jesus Christ as their, as their personal Lord and Savior, why they won't go to church is A, they've never met a Christian, nobody's ever invited them, and B, they have met some, they've met a Christian and they've been turned off by that experience with somebody. And so we, we begin uh, getting ready for Easter and people are inviting everybody for Easter and I was thinking, man, uh, I wonder if, if there's been anybody that, that has invited somebody to Easter and people have looked at it and said, you go to church? You know, you're part of a church? I would never know. I would never know that that happened. And so I just want to give you some, some things uh, tonight that I, f- I feel like will help us as we uh, go through our lives, um, as we continue to, to grow in our relationship with the Lord here. People in our world uh, get very tired of people that say one thing and that act another uh, they get very tired of things that, that go off and, and say that they're real when in all reality it's fake. Uh, nobody likes uh, fake. Nobody likes, uh, you know, fake things, a cheap substitute for something. If you go through life and everybody wants to have the best of something or the nicest of something, you want the real thing, right? Uh, Coke, I guess, had a few things, uh, a few ads a few years ago about saying, Coke, it's the real thing. Everybody likes real Coke. Uh, there's not, you know, everybody, it tastes different than if you go and buy like the off brand or, or whatever. Everybody likes real things. If you ladies go and, and buy an expensive purse or whatever, you want the real thing, right? You want the authentic uh, thing. You don't want something that is fake. And so when we look at our lives, the world is looking at us and they don't want any more fake. They don't want any more facade. They don't want anything less than the truth. And people in today's day and age, in our world that we live in, are searching frantically for truth and truth and truth and something that they can believe in, not something that is going to uh, be a fake uh, or a phony. According to the dictionary, the word hypocrite is a person who pretends to have beliefs or practices which he or she does not actually possess. In the Bible, it comes from uh, the term here, if they're using an ancient Greek theater, uh, when one actor would often play two parts, there would be a, a humorous part with a, you know, a funny mask. 
and then they would portray themselves on the other end and they would be praying maybe a, a sad part or something and they would have a sad mask and they would go back and forth and in that day and age being an actor, if you could portray both uh, different ones and imitate the speech and mannerisms and conduct yourself in a way, uh, you were uh, being someone who was good back in that day as an actor. They could imitate those things. They were one that hid behind a mask. So when we look at this, are, are we mask wearers tonight? Are we hiding? What are, what, what are we hiding in our lives that is hindering people around us, that is hindering our own relationship with the Lord? We see that going to church will not automatically change anyone's behavior. Coming here and sitting in this building, as nice as it is, is not going to change your relationship with God if you just come here and, and just sit. Changing your relationship is not something that's just going to happen by not working it out, by just coming here and, and, and coming out of habit or, or ritual. People come to, to find and seek truth, to, to have true life change, for God to do something in their life. You guys have heard this before, but it makes a lot of sense. Going to church doesn't make you a Christian, just as if you were to go sit in your garage tonight it would make you a car. And we, we have that same idea that if we go to church and we put on, the, we put on the, the, the outfits and we do the things right, we put on the smile and make everybody think that everything is just okay and life is okay, that we can make it. And that's here is what Jesus is, is condemning. We see here that uh, these, these few things that I want to give you, number one tonight, as a, as a person who has asked the Lord for forgiveness, who's accepted the, uh, Jesus Christ as his personal Lord and Savior, we are forgiven sinners. We start here that a, a true Christian is someone that has been forgiven. Now, there's a difference here between being a, a sinner and being a hypocrite. Uh, there's, uh, everybody thinks you know, that being a Christian, you don't sin anymore. Uh, you get saved and sin is all gone, right? How many wish that it was like that? Everybody? Yeah. Uh, it doesn't work that way. Uh, it, never, it never has worked that way. It never will work that way. And people automatically assume that, you know, if you're a Christian, uh, you're not going to sin. But in reality, it's just the opposite. You know, we still make mistakes. We still fall every day. First John 1 John 1.8 puts it very clearly. He says, if we, ha- if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. A hypocrite or one who wears a mask claims to be free from faults. A Christian, on the other hand, freely admits that, listen, I, am, I fall short daily. I mess up daily. There's, there's times in my life where you can go through a week and just seem like, what in the world is going on? I, I daily mess up. The next part of that verse in John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If you are in here and you have a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, you are a forgiven sinner. We are constantly seeking God to cleanse us from that sin. We go back to uh, what, the, what the Bible talks about, that the church is not somewhere for us just to come and, and sit. It's a place where hurting people need to come and be a part of. It's a place where hurting people need to come find rest and that we have enough excuses that go on in our world as, as to why if people don't want to come to church and why people don't want to be a part of anything. And let's not give them another one that the church is full of a bunch of people that are hypocrites. We are, we are in desperate need of people to be coming to church. Our world is lost and dying and going to be separated eternally from the Lord Jesus Christ. And we have to understand that this is something that is a, a big deal. I asked Mark earlier um, to, give me, to give me a $20 bill. Uh, hopefully this is real. Hopefully it's not fake. Um, I don't think it is. I'm going to spend it later. But um, he gave me his $20 bill. And you can tell, you know, certain things. I'm sure you could tell that it's, that it's real. 
You could go through and see that this $20 bill is real and it's authentic and it, and it has a purpose. But if there was something that was fake and it doesn't work, the world gets so turned off by us living a life that is contrary to what we say, to what, we're, to what we do. Our life is not about being good. It's about being forgiven. It's about finding forgiveness in, in the Lord Jesus Christ. I look at Paul, what Paul says, probably one of the, the greatest Christians to walk the face of this planet. I want you to read this verse with me over here in 1 Timothy chapter number 1. He's talking about uh, himself. And he says, this is the faithful saying, I'm worthy of all exception, that Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners, of who I am chief. Of who I am the, I, I am the chiefest of these, of these sinners, He's not saying that he was just this, that he used to be a sinner. He's saying that he still is a sinner, that he still struggles with these things. And since Christians are not perfect, it follows that, that churches are not full of perfect people. But we can't go around acting like everything is just okay. We can't go around putting on this fake that is, that is killing us. We value things, again, that are authentic. You know that you're a sinner, and you know, uh, I know that I'm a sinner. And we are a church in the dark there oh no all right i'm just gonna go with it all right just keep on going okay here we go preach the lights out i'm putting that on twitter tonight i preach the lights out (laughs) people are gonna think we had 900 people get saved revivals coming on no we value uh authentic things real christians are people who accept the fact that they have been forgiven. Number two, real Christians, we, they realize that they are not what they used to be. Uh, how many of you can say that you're thankful that you're not what you used to be tonight? I'm thankful that I am not who I used to be. We take a look at the past, and the second idea of a real Christian that we see here is that we are not what we used to be. Some of you may look at another Christian and why they behave a certain way and why they do certain things and real Christians shouldn't lose their temper and a genuine Christian shouldn't do this and they, they shouldn't do that and they shouldn't struggle with these different things. But instead of focusing here as, as, as what we can do, instead of focusing on how far uh, people fall short, we have to think about how far people have come. How far people have come. Not everybody it has a relationship with Jesus Christ. Not everybody who's going to walk through those doors on Easter is going to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Not everybody that comes and, and sits in these chairs on March 27th is going to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And they might look a little different than we do, and they might act a little different than we do, but we still have to love them. They still should see authentic people when they walk into this church. They should still see that we love the Lord Jesus Christ. There's different areas in my life growing up that I struggled with big time. Uh, I had a terrible, 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 terrible temper uh, growing up. Part of the reason was because I played golf. And if you've ever played golf before, you know that golf is one of those sports where, uh, you know, you just wish you could set your Christianity aside for a second and just do whatever you wanted to, uh, the, you know, whatever. I played and, and played in high school and, and went on and uh, was wanting to play in college and some different things. And I'll never forget one time, uh, I was just having a bad day on the golf course. And this was kind of uh, struggling in my life as a teenager uh, with my relationship with the Lord. And I was not where I needed to be. And uh, I'm just giving you this as an example to know that this is where it was. And I had a horrible day. And then uh, I was playing golf. And I had a bad shot. And uh, it just came, my temper just, I got to the end. And I snapped my club over my knee. And uh, yeah, I was like 16 years old. And uh, that was not good. Not good. Don't recommend doing that. Any teenagers, it's not very good for your health um, doing that. And I I snapped a golf club over my knee. And uh, I'll never forget my dad. I didn't know my dad was there. My dad was there. And uh, he saw me. 
snapped that club over my knee. And I'll never forget, he just shook his head. And he was so disappointed in me. And, and going on and seeing that I did that, and it was kind of like a little, a little change in my life. But if you would have known me back who I, who I used to be with my temper and how I talked and the different things that were going on, if you would have known me who I used to be, and now you see me who I am now, and I still get a little heated on the basketball court every once in a while down, down at Groveport with the, with the guys. I still, uh, you know, get a little upset every once in a while. Not bad, but a little upset. And uh, when I get hit, I get fouled. I don't like getting fouled. And, uh, you, but you'd, if you were to see how I used to act, Compared to how I am now, you would say, man, look how far he's come. Look how far he has come in his relationship with the Lord. It's a little different than it used to be. It's a little different than, than how it, that, hey, there we go, it used to be. And there's a lot of people like this in church. We're in a process, right? We're, we're still loading. The process is, is still happening. Even though we have a long way to go, we are not who we used to be. In 2 Corinthians 5.17, it says, If anyone is in Christ, he is a what? A new creature, a new creation. Uh, all, all the old things are what? Passed away. Behold, all things have become what? New. And so we see that there is still a process. There is something that we are still having to, to go through. Uh, growing up, uh, we used to sing the little song, He's still working on me to make me what I ought to be. Took him just a week to make the moon and the stars, sun and the earth and Jupiter. I don't even know how I remember that. Uh, how loving and, and faithful he must be, he's still working on me. That, that, that is, that's crazy. And that's how we go. You never arrive in your Christian life. You never reach a goal like where you, you have maxed out, level 100, I am super Christian, nothing is ever going to get me ever again. You never get there. It's a constant battle. It's a constant work. And we have to understand that it's the same way with people in our church. There's people in here who have been saved since the time they could walk. And there's people in here who got saved last week. And we're all in different processes. We're in all different sides. And we can't allow those things to separate us. We can't allow these things to come into our life. We have to understand and be thankful that we are not what we used to be. Number three, we have to focus one day on, on what we're going to be. A real Christian will be transformed completely and will become perfect one day. It's not going to be on this earth. Sorry to disappoint you. It's not going to be here. You're never going to be perfect on this earth. Yeah, I know everybody's upset. It's going to happen when the Lord calls us and, and we spend eternity with Christ. But here in the meantime, God through his Holy Spirit provides us with, with some ways that we can uh, clean our lives and make sure that we are living the right way. When we mess up, the Lord prompts us to confess it. When, he, when, we, when we do the wrong thing, he gives us courage to ask forgiveness, and we go through all of these things, and as authentic Christ followers, we experience forgiveness of sin and life change as we surrender to Jesus on a daily basis. Philippians 1, 6, saying, Be confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. That's why being a Christian gives us hope. God's not finished with us. He's not finished with how and what he is trying to create us and what he is wanting us to be. We're in a process of what we are doing. See, the difference in all of our lives between what we know and what is right and what the way we are currently living is most of us seek to present an image of ourselves that is better than, than what it and, and all reality is. It's better than what we are. We try to make ourselves look like something that we're not and, and put on this fake facade that, that is something that we're not. But as a Christian, we can find and understand and not be discouraged that this is in our life. We know that God is at work narrowing uh, this position in our life of what we should be and, and where I am. And God is trying to help us be closer to him and allowing us to be closer to him. So I want to tell you tonight that if you're trying to live 
your life as something that it's not, you can take the mask off. You can, you can get rid of the fake facade. You can get rid of the, everything that comes into your life that you're trying to impress everybody with and, and make everybody think that you got it all together because, listen, as Christians, we don't have it all together. You have to accept, accept the fact that, that we're not going to always have it together. We're going to lose it every once in a while. We're going to be like the Mr. Potato Head that's just bare potato, and our parts are going to be everywhere. And we're not going to know what to do, and we're going to have to understand and accept that fact that we can't do that, and we don't want to be a hypocrite when it comes to those things. Hypocrisy is a hideous cancer that, that can mess us up. It's something that can, that can deform us. It's a killing agent in our lives, and it's very addictive. Jesus reserves some, some words here of condemnation to the hypocrite here in Matthew uh, 6 verse 2 it says therefore when thou doest thine alms do not sound the trumpet before thee as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets and if they have glory of men verily I say unto you they have their reward Matthew 6 5 and when thou prayest thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets that they may be seen of men Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. Matthew 6, 16. Uh, Moreover, when you fast, be not as the hypocrites of a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces, that they may appear unto men to fast. Matthew 7, 5. Thou hypocrite, first cast the beam out of thy own eye, and thou shalt see clearly to cast out the mote out of thy brother's eye. He sees that some of the harshest words that Jesus spoke were, di- were, were, were directed toward uh, professional pretenders. People that were really good at faking it. In Matthew 23, he goes through and gives us this, this whole speech. He uses the word hypocrites and fools and uh, serpents of brood vipers and, and blind guides. He goes through and gives us all these things of people who are trying to live this way. So how are we going to cure this in our life? How are we going to not live this way? I want to break down this verse in Matthew uh, 23, 24 of verses. It says, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye pay tithe out of, of mint and eyes and come in and, and have omitted the weightier matters of the law and judgment, mercy and faith. Thus ought ye to have done and not leave the other undone. Ye blind guides which strain a gnat and swallow a camel. If we're going to do this, we have to get back and focus on things that are important in our lives. These religious actors were obsessed with the trivial things. Now, you've heard the saying they were uh, majoring on the minors. They were, they were looking at this and, and majoring on things that weren't that big of a deal because they were focused on smaller things. Jesus says in here and looks at this that they were neglecting the things that were most important. They were neglecting the most important things, justice and mercy and faithfulness. And oftentimes people that are very uh, sticklers for details, they, they're, they're stickler to details, but they're, not a bl- they're blind to the great principles. And here Jesus gives us uh, this imagery to show them how blind they were, wanting to avoid uh, the impurity caused by a, a dead insect in their drink. Uh, they would strain out the bug uh, before it would die in order to, to be, uh, in order to be avoiding being unclean. And here they considered, which is silly I think, they considered uh, gnats exempt from causing impurity, but the Pharisees did not want to take any chances here. They didn't want to do that. And Jesus charges that they would rather uh, put a camel largest animal at that time, and a ritually unclean animal, and a cub and gulp him down. Their attention to detail was fine, but they had missed here the main thing. And that is what is so important for us to do is, is not miss the main thing. 
not miss and, and understand what, it, what God is trying to tell us, what God is trying to teach us. And if you want to avoid being a hypocrite, you must guard yourself from doing these same things. Make the important things the most important things. Don't get caught up in the minute things that we miss, the things that are majestic. Don't get caught up in the, in the small things that we miss all that God is, is wanting for us. In verse 25, we see the next part. It says, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye make clean the outside of the cup and of the platter, but within you are full of extortion and excess. Thou blind Pharisee, cleanse first that which is within the cup and platter, and, and outside of them may be clean also. This section, Jesus is speaking about the dangers of externalizing religion. And we say that all the time. It's not about a religion. It's about a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. It's about our relationship with him, growing our relationship with God on the inside, not just sweeping things under the rug. And the Pharisees who are here were like a cup that looked really good on the outside. They looked great. They had it all together on the outside, and everybody didn't think twice about them not having a problem. Why? Because a lot of times we can cover up a multitude of sins by just sweeping it under the rug. We can cover up a lot of things that are going wrong in our life and a lot of things that we're struggling with by, by coming on and just making sure that we look really good. And we go through in this scripture, is, he is saying, listen, you look really good on the outside. The cup looked really clean, but on the inside it was full of wickedness. It was full of, of, of greed. And if we're going to be cured of having a counterfeit life, we have to make sure that we are right inside with the Lord Jesus Christ. We have to make sure that, that our relationship with the Lord inside is, is where it needs to be. That's where it starts, making sure that our heart is right. In verse 27 and 28, jump down there with me, it says this. One to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, you are like unto whited sepulchers, which indeed appear beautiful outward, but are within full of dead man's bones and of uncleanliness. Even so, ye also outwardly appear righteous unto men, but within ye are full of hypocrisy and iniquity. A little detail on this, there's the feast of the Passover was going on in order to make the city look a little better, in order to go through and, and make everything not look as bad, they would paint the tombs white. And this was just to make things look ni nice, but it, here Jesus is saying it has a much deeper uh, significance than that. It goes through and talks about these different areas and how uh, they didn't want to be uh, close to those things. They didn't want to be unclean. You can go through and read later in Numbers 19.11, it talks about anyone that touched a dead body was unclean for a week, and they didn't want to be anywhere around that. And they could, the Pharisees believed that one could be uh, religiously dirty if they were around those things, and so they wanted to make sure everybody knew where those were at so that they would not come, come close to them. And Jesus continues here by saying that these hypocrites were actually full of dead man's bones, can imagine that probably made them pretty upset because this was something that was a big deal to them going through. They were so set on avoiding things that would render them contaminated that they missed on this whole part. They missed out on the whole thing. What really counts, what God is really concerned about is how our relationship is with him, what we are inside. It's so possible to look good on the outside. It's so possible to come in here and act like you have it all together each and every week and everything's great and you're super Christian. But where are you on the inside? Where's your relationship with God on the inside? How are you on the inside? We have to focus and make sure that the things internally with us are right. So do you want hope? Do you want change? Do you want to insulate yourself from the things of the world? What are we going to do when we come to this time of the year and inviting people to church? I don't want 
people to be turned off by my life, how they see me, my neighbors at my apartment, how they see me, what do they know me by? Are they going to know if I'm going to invite them to come to Easter? They're going to be like, oh, I didn't know you went to church. I didn't know there was anything different about you. I didn't know that. People ought to be able to understand, not by the way we look, but see how the way we act in these things. Many people are going to write off going to church at Easter. Many people are going to are just say, I don't want to go be around a bunch of, of fake people. I don't want to go be around a bunch of people that don't have it together and they act like everything's just great. It's time for us to understand that the way we live our life and the way that we, our, our relationship with the Lord is, is so vitally important. The way to cure hypocrisy is not by changing on anything on the outside but, and not about trying to, trying to be more religious. It's about trying to make your life on the inside the way that it needs to be. And just as we come to church with masks on, as silly as this may be right now, we come to church and we put masks on and this is weird and, and it's fake. We come and do the same things. We come and do the same stuff. And each week we get ready for church and we put our masks on and we walk in and we act like we've got it all together when all the while we're just living a fake and phony life. And we're just living something that is completely different, completely contrary to what God is saying. There's great temptation in being this way. But can I tell you something? You don't have to do this. You don't have to put the masks on. You don't have to come to church each and every week and act like you've got it all together. People want to see real. People want to know that, that Christians have hurts, that we have problems, that there's things that, that upset us too. There's, there's things in our life that we still need to work on that we haven't arrived. So we see that in our life, are we like a, someone who wears a mask? Do we come in and put the fake mask on and, and walk around and act like everything's okay? Are we, like the, are we like the doctor at the beginning that we were talking about who, who has this fake practice like everything's just okay and everything's good and just going to act like it's all normal? As a Christian, it's so vitally important that we understand and realize and accept the fact that, that we're never going to arrive, that we're not something holier than anybody else, that, that we have to understand that, that Jesus is still working on us, that we still have problems. So I want to encourage you I want to encourage you so much to not live a life that is like this. Don't be like these verses that was going on where Jesus is condemning what is going on. Be true. Be real. Let people see that you are authentic. Have the courage to, to get rid of the mask. Don't be a mask wearer. Don't be a hypocrite. Don't be full of hypocrisy in your life. Go on and, and change the world. Let people see that you are authentic. Let people see that you are real. Let people see that you are genuine in your life.